CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, Ben Jarofsky fans, Ben Jarofsky listeners. You want to get more Ben Jarofsky than you already get, which sounds kind of weird, actually, when I think about it. Then you should subscribe to my uh, weekly newsletter every Tuesday from the Chicago Reader. To get my newsletter, head to chicagoreader.com and click on the newsletter button to sign up for the Daily Reader. This week, I wrote an absolutely hilarious and insightful piece about the Heavy 75. If you want to know what the Heavy 75 is or are, you got to sign up for the newsletter. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Tuesday, November 14th begins right now. Today on the show, Ben welcomes back the pride and joy of Chicago, Illinois, podcaster extraordinaire, Mark Sims. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of entertainment you can catch in town, you need to go to ChicagoReader.com. And if you like Ben Jarofsky, oh, and if you like newsletter articles from Ben Jarofsky, you really want to head to ChicagoReader.com. Big thing there, just just a little hint, just giving you a little hint. But if you want to find more from Ben Jarofsky, head to ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J O R A V is in victory, S K Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this I Surrender Tuesday. And here's why. Well, the long and the short of it is uh, yesterday I paid my property taxes, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to show you the receipt. See it? Here's my property tax bill. See? Distinguished guests, Mark Sims, producer Chris, both saw my property tax bill. I probably would have let Chris uh, or Mark uh, pay for it, uh, but they didn't volunteer. Uh, it is the second installment. Anybody who pays property taxes uh, in Cook County knows there's two installments, one at the start of the year, one at the end of the year. They're late. Uh, so the bill is due, I think, uh, around December, sometime in December. Usually, I don't know if it's usually, but in the past, it's been like August or September. So I had to get over there and pay the bill. And I went to uh, the bank, Chase Bank. They got a deal. Instead of going downtown, you just go to the bank and give them the property tax. They just withdraw the money right out of your uh, uh, your account. But better make sure you have the money in the account, of course. So I'm standing in line. There's like three other people doing the same thing. We're all lined up to pay our property tax bill. And, of course, you know me. I see other human beings. I start talking to them because that's just kind of how I'm wired. So I'm just talking to these complete strangers. I'm going, isn't this something? This property tax just gets higher and higher. Isn't that funny how they say they're being uh, more transparent? They're being they're being wiser and more selective about how they spend our money. They're doing a better job of managing our money, and yet our property taxes go up and up and up every year. And they were like, yeah, you're right, man. You're right. You should run for mayor. And then I said, you know what it is? It's those tiffs. I was talking to this one man who lives on the north side i go it's those tiffs and he looked at me with a confused look and i realized he didn't know what a tiff was so i said sir do you know what a tiff is 
And he said, no, <laughs> what's a tip? So I'm like, wow, I have failed, people. I have failed. I have hopelessly failed. I've been writing about tips for, I don't know, 40 years, almost 40 years. People in Chicago still don't know. I turned to the woman next to me on the next line. I go, do you know what a tip is? No. <laughs> I go, do you guys realize you're paying for more property taxes because of tips? No. I go, look at your property tax bill. Does it say anything about tips? No. Of course, they conceal it from the property tax bill. You pay it. But unless you live in a tips district, they don't say you're paying it. That's why the program is so successful. They keep you in the dark. And I've been pounding this drum, Mark Sims, since you were a little, a young lad, almost, not quite. You're not that young. A young lad coming out of Finger High School on the south side of Chicago. I've been pounding this drum, but I failed. I admit it, I failed, folks. When just random people in the line to pay their property taxes at the bank do not know what a TIF is, I have failed. Mayor Daly, you have won. Mayor Rahm, you have won. Arnie Duncan, you have won. Paul Vallis, you're the one who thought up this cockamamie scheme. Well, I think it was you that thought it. You were in the revenue department when Mayor Daly uh, brought it out. So, come on, Paul. I don't think Daly could have figured this out on his own without your assistance. Whoever it is that thought this up, you have succeeded and I have failed. The citizens of Chicago remain as ignorant as they've ever been. You know, I know my beloved lefties tell me I'm too hard on the citizens of Chicago. They think I'm too hard on, like, MAGA voters in Michigan. But I don't know. I don't, sometimes I think my beloved lefties have never talked to an actual citizen in the city of Chicago. They just talk to each other. And they're all smart. So they think everyone's smart. I don't know, lefties. you got to get out more and talk to the ordinary people, the real people that make this city. And they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just paying the property tax. They don't know where it's going. They never even heard of it, Tim. I failed. Mayor Daly, you won. On the other hand, I'm going to claim, listen, I'm going to claim partial victory. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I have figured it out. So I'm going to give myself credit for that. That the way this city pays for its bills is with a tax that they slap on you without telling you they're slapping on you so that it makes it easier to get you to pay it without resistance. I can't recall ever in the entire history I've been in the city of Chicago writing about it, anyone complaining about the extra burden of the TIF program on their property tax bill. I'm the only one who's done that, I think. Even like lefties who, who are like against the idea of TIF money going to like Lincoln Yards, for instance, if we're having... Uh, off the record conversation. I haven't had one of these in a while, but in the old days you'd have Michael Ben. Why don't you just pipe it down about how it's increasing the amount people pay in property taxes? Because we want to spend that money just on different things. Oh, I see. That's that's the deal. So I guess I'm going to give myself credit for having figured it out. But as long as nobody else has figured it out, we're just going to keep paying it. So in that way, I surrender Chicago. Mayor Daly, Mayor Rahm, Arnie Duncan, you were there too, Arnie. Don't act like you weren't. You were there at the beginning when you were running, when you were running the schools and letting Daly take, what, I don't know, 50% of the TIF money. And Paul Vallis, you have won. I surrender. All right, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my distinguished guest, Mark Sims. Mark Sims knows what a TIF is. Isn't that correct, Mark? I do. 
<laughs> what is it, boss? <laughs> what is it, Tim? Uh, Mark Sims. I, well, I know what it is, but I can't. I could. I'm not a great teacher. I could not explain it to you. Tax increment. That, that's where I failed. That's you have to explain it. How how they can defer taxes for a public good that doesn't cost you any money or something like that as tax. Okay. Well, see, that's okay. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, let me just properly introduce Mark Sims, dear friend of this show, uh, and uh, podcaster extraordinaire. And as I always like to point out, in the old days, he was the only guy in Chicago who would bring me on his show. <laughs> it was too lefty for everyone else. And now I return a favor. Uh, and proud graduate of Fenger High School, as I always like to point out, uh, on the south side of Chicago. Uh, tax increment financing, of course, uh, is the economic development program of the city of Chicago, uh, where what they do is slap a surcharge on your property tax bill, and then the money that you pay goes into a bank account. That is controlled by the mayor. That's all you need to know. So you pay more in taxes. The money goes into a bank account and it's allotted as the mayor and the city council. See, I'm starting to think the mayor doesn't even know uh, how, where the money goes, because there was just a story. There was a story a couple of months ago in the Tribune, Mark, about the Lincoln Yards TIF. Uh, and they were allocating money uh, into that TIF district in order to pay for the uh to pay for some of the um, development deals going in there or the infrastructures uh, projects going on there because they didn't have enough money in that tip. They were just moving it from other tips, hoarding, they call it. And the city of Chicago, everybody's like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't know. <laughs> Nobody knew anything about it. Even the city doesn't know. But, so Mark, but, but, I, but the original premise of a, of a tip was to uh, put money or get, get money to, depress neighborhoods, depress areas of a city or a town, right? So this is, uh, yes, it's for the blighted areas. It's blighted, that's the blight, word. Blighted. blighted areas uh, in in neighborhoods that, but for that TIF, would not get any de development at all. But because of the flaw in the program, most of the money is earmarked for gentrifying neighborhoods that are overflowing with development dollars. So uh, it's, it's that's, further... That's sort of the Matthew effect, isn't it? The Matthew effect. He who have will be given more. Yes. Wow. You're, you're a theologian. You know that yeah. stuff. You know who's a theologian? My dear friend, Mick Dumkey. He really? actually, yes. And like oh, he, he, I, gotta I know. Call, he, I got to call Mick, have Bible no, study. Mick knows the Bible, New Testament and old. Wow. Tell you about Job and everything. Yeah. Uh, I think first he studied for like a year or so at theology school. He's always giving me Bible lessons. But yes, that is uh, the premise. See, here's the thing, Mark. And we have had this conversation I don't know if you agree with me on this point. The city of Chicago is incapable of helping poor communities. And it's I watch it now with the migrant crisis, the staggering inability of the city of Chicago to try to use the influx of migrants to Chicago as a way to putting black people to work. There's an inability. They don't, they don't even consider it. Nobody. Nobody in the city of Chicago, Mark, Got all this TIF money in all these bank accounts. They don't want to put that money to use employing black people. I've seen it in this city for night since 1981 when I moved here, Mark. This is just a this is my sense of reality in Chicago. Now I know you're gonna vehemently disagree with me 
when I turn the mic over to you. Go. I told you what the problem was. It's the Matthew effect. The money go. He who half will be given more. I'm paraphrasing. And that's the way it works. The money trickles up. It don't trickle down to the masses. And the world don't work that way. Evidently, the Bible agrees with that. It don't work that way. So that's just how it goes. You're not supposed to give to those. Or I like the oh, what's the oh, this is the wrong use of the Bible. Where it is, you know the scripture of Ben. Uh, uh, don't cast your pearls among the swine, okay? Because, you know, don't be trying to help stupid people, okay? You heard the joke about teaching pigs how to fly, right? No. Uh, talking about spine, right? You know, you don't teach it. This I got this from Brian Tracy, the motor, great motivational self-development coach. Uh, he said something like, uh, you don't teach a pig how to fly. You just can't. It's, it's a waste of time because the pig is never going to fly. And if you try to teach the pig how to fly, it just irritates the pig. <laughs> And and I hate to sound nasty. That's, I mean, I'm a low-income person on one level. And I understand when you try to help low-income people, even people like me who are semi-low-income, if you will, quasi, if you will, you can't help some folks. Some people, you can't reform them. You can't teach them. You can't, re- it's not, it's not going to work. So you give your, your, your pearls and your, and your tips to people who are going to use it and multiply it and grow. Oh my God! Say goodness. amen, Ben. Say amen. Say amen. Uh, yeah. Let the church say amen. That, that's it. <laughs> well, that's the economic development, right? That is a beautiful recitation, encapsulation of the economic development strategy in the city of Chicago. Ah, forget those poor people. They'll just that's waste right. money anyway. Waste the money. Don't <laughs> give money to the poor. You give the people know what they're gonna do with them. Multiply and grow. They have a multiply effect. Yeah. And let the rich get rich. Come on, Mark, just let's pause for a moment. There I am in line in the bank. I've dedicated 40 years of my life to teaching Chicagoans what a TIF is. The people I'm talking to don't know what it is. You know what a failure I felt like at that moment? Oh, my God, my life. What have I done with myself? Uh, well, I know I know that. I, 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 know, I don't know all of your finances, but the way I, we talked before, I think you pay 10 times more property taxes in percentage-wise, 10 times than what I pay out here in the hood. One thing about living out here in the hood, on the far south side, the houses are damn near worthless. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to buy them. They'll rent the house to stay in the house renting, but to buy them, you're like, give me a break. And so so the point is that you, your property taxes are relatively yo, low compared to Ben Jarofsky, who lives on the north side of town i'm on the far south side that nobody wants to live and we are crazy apart we're a crazy part of town where we don't want a bunch of uh migrants to be in a tent right down the street from my house all right let's 115th not- street i'm sorry man i'm sorry doing it uh uh by the way i don't <laughs> believe i pay i pay a lot in property oh, oh i tell you off the air what we pay when we get off okay. the air, i tell you i go i, I, I ask the wife the wife pays the taxes i don't but she tells me i don't be honest with you be i don't think it's two grand it may have gone two grand now since they raised it wait per for the year? year yes i told you that off the air let's talk off the air okay. i'm telling tell, you pay like you pay like 10 times what i pay I'm serious. Maybe more. Maybe 11, no, I, 12 times. I yeah, yeah not, we'll talk. We'll talk about the year. I do not pay 10 times. But I you know what I'm saying? You pay I a, did the math. You, yeah, I did you the pay, math. You pay head. a hell of a lot more than I do. Yeah, but I don't pay 10 times. But you can oh, sell God. your house in your neighborhood. Nobody wants to buy my house. I'm hoping maybe the Venezuelans will in another 10 or 20 years. They may buy my house. Okay, we'll get into the Venezuelans <laughs> in a little bit. But first of all, why I don't want to sell my house. That's what everybody always tells me. Wait, 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 wait. You don't want to have, say your house and go to Florida like all the other Republicans? No, got it. <laughs>
Auto Republic is a running to Florida. I just the thought of Florida makes me Tennessee. I was Texas. in Florida once. Yeah, I've never been to Tennessee. I was in Florida wait, once. Wait, wait, wait. We got, we got. You know what? When I retire in the next few years, we are gonna go for a little ride. Me and yes, buddy, buddy trip. Let's go. You could, you bring your bring your boy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mick. Okay, bring Mick. Anybody Mick. else? We go for a little yeah. ride. We go. To Mick Tennessee. will be in the back of the car reading yeah. from the Bible. Reading the Bible. No, we're gonna go to Tennessee with our banjos and guitars. <laughs> Sing songs. Tennessee. We're gonna sing right. on the road again. Uh w- Willie Nelson. That's All right. right. Now um so you mentioned uh my there's a little good news in in Chicago is sometimes a little perverse good news. The number of migrants coming to Chicago has gone down, has decreased. And uh in the last uh, few weeks or so, fewer people coming to Chicago. And this there was a story in the Tribune that ran this uh, this weekend that talked about the American dream is over. And these Venezuelan uh, immigrants. And this is the thing, man. As I'm reading these articles, Mark, I'm starting to realize that we are really ignorant uh, about how people are showing up in Chicago. The central theme, follow me in this, Mark, is that Greg Abbott, the governor, the evil governor, the evil MAGA governor of the state of Texas has been putting uh, Venezuelan immigrants on buses and sending them to Chicago. Now it turns out that there's Catholic charities in Texas is flying them to Chicago. People in Chicago don't even know what's going on. But well, I thought mad. I thought Greg Abbott was doing uh with that Paul Salmon stuff. Put him on the bus, Gus. Yeah, Paul. Well, you don't need to discuss much. Don't discuss much. <laughs> Just drop off the Keeley. No, so um <laughs> I got that song going in my head. So uh Chicago does not understand who the people are, where they're coming from, how they're getting there. Uh and, and yet we're almost a year into this quote unquote uh, crisis. But there's so few opportunities in the city of Chicago. Uh, And uh, more to the point, there's so much hate generated from the people in the city of Chicago directed at uh, the Venezuelans that many of them are going home. Or this is the part that opened my eyes. There was somebody quoting the tribute saying they're going to go to Detroit. How about that, huh, Mark? You haven't heard that one. Remember in the '90s, whenever I criticized. I, I know my, my, my mother was raised, born and raised in Detroit. I haven't been there in years. Uh, just been lazy. I think I'm gonna go there maybe definitely next year. Uh, and if you haven't been to Detroit, you need to go. It's a nice time. I've been to Detroit. Nice time. I've been to Detroit. Point nice is, time. the point is, Mark, the hate in Chicago, quote unquote, paid off. Now, well, the, the hate, the, the hate, hate is the hate is stupid. I could have told the Venezuelans when he was in Caracas that the American dream has died years ago. Okay, but they're not here in Chicago because of the American dream. They're here because of uh, Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott. We know that. And, and Catholic and, charities. And Catholic. And, and, and the point is, like you said, we were talking before we did the show earlier that Juan Gonzalez from Democracy Now was on the radio on uh, a few things. Democracy Now, you, I was trying to get him on my show, but. People have better podcasts than me can get a private get a Juan Gonzalez than me. I'm still working on it. But Juan Gonzalez said that it's been like what thirty thousand? No, you may have met wrong. Twenty nine thousand. Uh, twenty thousand Ukrainians in this yeah. town area, whatever. About twenty thousand Venezuelans. But it's no crisis with the Ukrainians. It's a crisis with the Venezuelans. And we yeah. know why. We don't have to explain it. It's really. And then the people understand. And and my, I told a friend this who was a you know, they people against them, uh, they're against the, uh, not totally against the uh, migrants, but I said, listen here, listen, tell me the dirty little secret. You're not going to live forever. I've been in this town all my life. I'm a homeowner. If I'm lucky, I'll live another 30 years. If I'm lucky, 
someone is going to live in these houses or these houses I live in right now on the far side will be vacant, even with the new red line out here. So you, we, on one level, if you love the city of Chicago, or if you just, just want to be, want other people to come here to help pay your property taxes, so your damn property taxes won't go up over the next 20, 30 years, you want a, a Chicago go from 2.7 million to 3 million or 3.3 million, in theory, not, not totally, I'm not an economics professor, more people may stabilize your property taxes. Come on, people. But you can't tell people that. And guess what? Like I tell people, I'm the last old man out here on the far south side uh, 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 who uh, who's not Latino, African American, and I and I've learned a little Spanish. I said, okay, I had enough of the Venezuelans. I have enough of the Mexicans. I have enough of these Latinos. I got a few in my neighborhood right now, and I will move. But guess what? If I move, I'll probably move to a town that's full of what? Mexicans, Venezuelans, <laughs> Latinos. <laughs> There's no way around it because this is America. All right. And uh, so, we all have to just try to deal with it and be nice to each other. All right. So I have many theories. I want to hear yours. What is fueling this hatred of Venezuelans in the city of Chicago? Now, I, I've said many times, Mark, I understand Chicago is a city. I, I would say Chicago's number one of all the cities in the country in terms of hate. It's like in the city of Chicago, every it's so tribalistic, so territorial, so I got mine. I don't want to lose it. That mentality. I've watched it. Uh, well, it went before. It was going on before I, I, I moved here. Martin Luther King came to Chicago. And there was so much opposition. He said it, he'd never seen so much hate as in the city of Chicago. And then to underscore it, someone at Marquette Park hit him in the head with a rock. That's Chicago. That's your legacy, Chicago. Well, later today, I put that on my my Twitter or X. If you if you people still on Twitter or X, I'll put that soundbite on there. People need to see that soundbite. And the white flight was a long time ago. Mo I was a little kid. And that was going on. A lot of folks were born after. We have no clue. What I'm trying to say is, I think it's not so much hatred, Ben Jarofsky. I think it's just pure ignorance. We don't teach history very well in this country. We really don't. And we have to put it things perspective. There was a time, it was a time that it was what to a few hundred thousand African Americans and it went up to like a damn near a million, if not a million this town. Now that's dropped pretty much in half in the past 40 years. These things happen. Let's put that's why we have to have the TV news doesn't do it. I mean, the six o'clock news and so and the six and the radio news doesn't do it. That's not what they do. They have to put a historical context on these stories. Have a, a freaking history professor to tell a little history about the story, a city, and then you say, okay, I may not disagree with it, but I understand it now. It's very simple. People move, people move into town, move out of town, people live and die, they're born, they move out. This is how the world works. We, we a town of 2.7 million. We can't absorb 20,000 uh, 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 Venezuelans. Venezuelans. Uh, 20, we do it with Ukrainians with no problem. You don't even hear about that, like I said earlier. And so, and it's really a federal problem. It's not a Brandon Johnson problem. It's a federal problem. We don't do we don't really do well with uh, a real social net, the social safety net that really helped the poor. Of course, you can't have the poor on top of each other because they're gonna, it's not going to end well. We saw what happened with the projects and the old uh, uh, CHA and everything. You can't have it that way. But you try to figure out how do you do that? How do you have large numbers of work, which you have now? Most of the town in Chicago are working class. I was in Joliet the other day, and most of that town seems working class. I was in Joliet yesterday at the casino. Long story. I'll tell you about the casino. You used to gamble. You understand gambling. Yes, <laughs> I walked away from it precisely. 
No, it's no, I, I'm a not loser's a, game, man. I'm not so much of a gambler, but I, I just went to the casino because it's free to get in, and sometimes you win, it's free to get out. But the point yeah. is that it's a nice town, but most of America is like working class. Some, most people make under 50 grand or at least under 100 grand. But how do you get poor people, whether there's Venezuelans or low-income African-Americans here in the city of suburbs, how do you get that few, just a few people they have some, just to behave themselves and not commit to crime and all the Foolish all right, things. before we get to crime, which I yes. know is you crime. want to discuss. My wheelhouse. Uh, and by the way, I did not get the usual text I get from you whenever there's a lot of crime in my neighborhood. There was a crime spree in my neighborhood. Well, usually I get texts from Mark, like when there's a murder down the street. Oh, even your neighbor, don't go walking, Ben. Uh, but I didn't get him. Uh, must have missed that uh, uh, story. But okay. No, I, I was, I had my, my ejector sub pump went out. It took me a week and a half to fix it because I'm not okay. a freaking plumber. So I've been out of the game for like a week and a half. You ever you ever change a sump pump, an injector pump? No, that's something I've never done. But let me get to okay, question. Keep I going. Have. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so the discussion I've had, the focus I've had uh, about uh, the immigrants coming to Chicago is the hostility that was expressed uh, in black communities. So I well, first my eyes were open when uh, all the woman Jeanette Taylor was confronted with people yelling at her. Uh, down in Woodlawn, and then uh, Desmond Yancey was confronted with people yelling at him uh, in Hyde Park, uh, and then uh, there were officials who were yelled at in South Shore, uh, and then there were furthermore, uh, in like the Chatham area, uh, Ronnie Mosley, the alderman of the 21st Ward, there were people yelling at him there. I'm like, wow. Really, more, people... Ro- more Rosen, not the 115th Rosen. Keep going. Rosen, okay, more yeah. Rosen. Yeah. All right. So, uh, wow, man, just like black people really don't like Immigrants. Some, At, some, some. Okay. Some black percentage, people. Some a percentage, okay. yeah. All right. Then, wait a minute. Brighton Park. <laughs> it's Hispanics saying, get out of our neighborhood. They're saying about other Hispanics. And then, like, a few Chinese Americans show up to say, get out of my neighborhood. And I'm like, you know what? I apologize to the black people of Chicago. You don't hate them any more than anybody else does. This city, it's this crosses all racial and ethnic lines, Mark Sim. This is hatred. Well, I, I, th- I think it's more. I think it's more ignorance because if you if you reason with the uh, the mayor, you say, okay, they say, well, we got to put these. I hate to say it, these people somewhere, and they say, why don't you put them in Lincoln Park? Well, we have a really big city, and we have a lot of empty space, especially on the south side and the far south side. And and, and guess what? Any way you do it, it's not. Everybody has a NIMBY, a NIMBY complex, everyone, to me to some degree. Not in my backyard or not in my front yard and not on 115th and Halston. We don't want no damn tents. And uh, we don't want no bright. I, I did a podcast about Brighton Park because a gentleman I had on my podcast from Brighton Park said, hey, let me come on to Brighton Park. But no African-American, that's how I'm giving a little tangent here, called me when to get on my podcast about the migrants because we are a nutty, crazy people. And guess what? All people are pretty nuts, nutty and crazy yeah. at one level. We really are. We have to have a same conversation. Like, okay, how do we absorb, like I said before, 20,000 Venezuelans into 2.7 million people? Come on. It's yeah. not going to be painful, but it should be relatively easy. You should do it within a year, year and a half like that. And it's got to, money's got to come from the federal government. Absolutely. Money's got to come from the federal government. It's so obvious. It's right. so freaking obvious. And they act like it's so difficult and challenging. That's what's frustrating, Mark. You know well, what the I mean? money they, they send money. Uh, we I don't know what, what the United States spends in foreign aid. We need a little foreign aid right here in Chicago. Okay. There is so much money 
there is so much money flying around uh, in Washington. Oh my God, there's so much money in Chicago, but I know it's a, it's a national problem. It's, it's a, a national na- problem. It's a, it's a national problem. Challenge. Yes. Oh, so the city of Chicago has lost population. There are people coming to Chicago. They want to live here. Put people in Chicago to work building housing. It's not hard. And use right. federal dollars to pay for it. Not hard. They act right. like it's so hard. You know what? I never thought these words are going to come out of my mouth, but I'm going to say it. Makes me miss Mayor Daly. <laughs> Richard J. Daly, not Richard M. Daly. The first man. The old man. The old man. The old man. Like, so black people are moving to Chicago from the South. White people don't want them in their neighborhoods. There was no shortage of money to build high rises. Right, Mark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Daly. Well, they, first thing, they had a tenements. But then again, I was lucky. Uh, when I, uh, when my parents, they bought a, they, they lived in an apartment. Then they bought a new house, I think, in 1960. So the neighborhood I live in now, those are new houses with Negroes. Remember the old movie? What was the movie? Raise It in the Sun? Yeah, and I think the movie it. version, Raise It in the Sun, City 48 went out to either, I think, Morgan Park, I believe, in the movie version. Yeah. And those houses were new. Some not all, oh, not the old bungalows, but the little things I live in. They were new houses. So Negroes moved in new houses. I'll maybe I'll put it on my Facebook feed. Or, I mean, uh, Twitter feed or X feed. There was a I told you this before. It was a Hugh Hill report from Channel Two back in the day. So I remember Hugh Hill when he's on Channel Seven, not Channel Two. I ain't that old. It was about how the Negroes, because we were Negroes back then, were moving into a part of Chatham, a section of Chatham. And what we gonna do? The Negroes gonna move into Chatham. Wow, that was like sixty damn years ago. You remember that? No, no, Hugh I'm saying Hugh. Hugh 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 Hill did this in the early sixties or something, mid sixties. Or I was born in sixty one or sixty two. He 62. loves talking. Oh, he's so young. No, uh, I'm, young, I'm younger than you. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. We, we, we'll Wait. be celebrating your seventieth birthday before we know it. You, uh, so, yeah. Let's you. hope I make it. No, no, don't say that. You gonna be? Uh, all right. Wait a minute. Years old, man. Wait, Mark. I need to know this. Two hundred years old. Uh, 200. Uh, yeah, I'll be the oldest yeah. man in the world. Right. Wait a minute. I need to know this. Did you actually see Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Hill? No, say wait, this? wait, 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 wait. This, a- this is an old clip. I'll put it on my Mark Sim Chicago, M A R C S I M S. I'll put it on after the show or when okay. the show gold drops. And the point is that it was a black and white Channel 2 report. Hugh Hill was the reporter talking about how the Negroes were moving into a section of Chatham. It was called Newbrook or Nickbrook or Newbrook or something or Maybrook. I think it means Maybrook. Yeah. Uh, and so the point is that, uh, that that's where you have to give the historical context or historical uh, history lesson. No. Then you understand these things. No, I mean, like, I, I tell people all the time, you got old people who are 80 years old crying about the migrants. I'm like, how long are you going to live? And who's <laughs> going to buy your freaking house? And if they don't buy it, you may be able to move back to Mississippi, Arkansas, and rent your house to the Venezuelans. And now you got a source of little income since you done sold the house in, in Roseland and you move back to Arkansas, Mississippi. Alabama. No, that is a great riff, man. You got old people, eighty years old, complaining about the Venezuela. I mean, come about the damn Venezuela. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean and, and really, I'm in my I'm in my early sixties, and even thinking, you worried about the damn. Okay, it's not really an issue. It really isn't in the longer scheme of things. Because if you, I, let me stop. I just I can go on. All right, let me ask you a question. Uh, that uh, God, I just really want to go on a riff about Chatham, though. That's really. I'm gonna, I, I, I mail it to you when I email. Uh, so when uh, I'm no, but the Chatham, yeah. uh, for some of my listeners who are, don't know, is a South Side neighborhood. I think it's like 99% black uh, right now. But Mark's absolutely correct. When Mark was a very, very young person, 
baby. Baby. A baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wasn't even at Fenger High School, ladies and gentlemen. He was just dreaming of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's when there was a white flight. Uh, and I remember I wrote a story about this in 1963. It's things in my head. Ernie Banks, first baseman for the Chicago Cubs. This is going to blow your mind, millennials. So the star, well, I think he was a shortstop back in uh, 63, whatever. A star player on the Chicago Cubs lived in Chatham. And the Republicans put him up to run for alderman. I think it was that. Yes, this is true. The eighth Damn. ward. And the ward was changing. And the Republicans thought this world is so different that having Ernie Banks, a black man running in a changing neighborhood, would enable the Republicans to win. And already the rhetoric of the white people in the ward is we have to come together before it's too late. The mentality of Chicagoans, that that hate that's baked into this into your brain in this city, that fear, like somehow or other, black people are going to be a threat to us. Now I hear black people talking about that way with Venezuelans. It's insanity. It's insanity. But it's natural insanity. That's how, this is what human beings are. That's how yeah. we are. That's yeah. just how we are. And if you try to talk sense to the the uh, the, uh, the, um, the rabble, if you will, the great unwashed, <laughs> the <laughs> proletariat, they, they, they don't want to hear it because they're just not that, they're not, they're not, they're not uh, uh, what you call public intellectuals. So when you come with a, a public intellectual uh, mentality trying to talk to the masses, I mean, the great unwash, it's, you, you almost waste, that's why I never ran for political office. That's why I don't have a lot of friends, because I, if you try to be rational to irrational people, it's a total waste of time. All right. So uh, here's the question I was going to ask you. Do you think there's uh, more prejudice in the black community against Hispanics than just uh, in the city as a whole? Because no, that's think, what you're led to believe if you watch the TV and read the newspapers. Go. Well, you you hear the comments on the TV news and on the radio, whatever. I think what it is, some people, not all Negroes. Oh, I think oh, we're African Americans now. Okay, well, not all Negroes. <laughs> people hate when I say Negroes, but we were Negroes people. Some of us still act like Negroes. The old oh, oh, what's that? Well, I'll, I'll get. I'll lose my train of thought. What was the old oh, uh, man? I've been getting oh man. I, I be. Take, I got to take some ginkgo. Globe or something. Uh, don't worry about that. With the poems that they used to have a term saying it was enough or it's enough to make a Negro turn black. Because no, we were Negroes and we started, hey, black power. Then now we African Americans and blah. But the, the point I think is that people feel like, why are you giving resources to them? Yeah. Well, you never gave resources to us. That's all it is. Why are you taking care of them? We the one have paved the way. We had the civil rights movement. We're descendants of slaves. We we started to make a better America better and safer and I mean uh, more uh, equitable and egalitarian and whatever. And now these other people, everybody come from all over the world and benefit because of the civil rights era, our struggle. And and you give all the resources to them and you don't give us nothing. I think that is not so much the hatred toward the other. People, residents, Americans, people coming here is that you ain't giving us our fair share. We never got a 40 acres of mule. You never treated us, you treat us like garbage for, for 300, 400 years now, and you still disrespect us as a human being, as a people. I think that's where it, it sounds like hatred, but it's really the, the, this, they feel disrespected. Okay. Understandably. So we've had this conversation many times in the show with many guests, and here's my response, and I'd love to hear your response to my response. I'm very sympathetic. Uh, to that point of view okay you just take a look uh we began the show with me discussing 
the the chief economic development program in the city of Chicago, which is intended to help poor communities, actually goes to rich communities, which substantiates the point you just made. But how come is it, Mark Sims, that I didn't see protests in the black communities of Chicago when Mayor Daley and Mayor Rahm spent all those TIF economic development dollars in gentrifying areas and didn't spend it? in black communities. Why didn't I see opposition in the net? Why didn't I see marches? Why didn't I hear people? I, why didn't I get aldermen standing up in the city council and denouncing these programs? No, so many of the black aldermen voted for them. They voted for a program that took money from their neighborhoods and gave it to wealthy white neighborhoods. But it's only when you're gonna put up a tent city for some Venezuelan that I see protests. So help me explain that. Why is there protest when some Venezuelan guy gets a tent, but there's no protests when wealthy developers get billions? Go. A tent is tangible. TIFs as a concept, uh, like a person like you explain it, is not tangible. It's something I got to rack my brain. Most of us are not college graduates. We're not political pundits. We like a TIF tax instrument financing and you're moving money over there. I don't understand this. What are you talking about? Now, if you say migrants, now I live not too far from the yeah. police station over here on Halston. What is it? A 70, whatever, 77th and Halston, 79th and Halston. You see the migrants. I go not too far from my house is the Home Depot, 87th Street. It's like 200 migrants right now. Mexicans, migrants, somebody, Latinos, if you will, uh, from somewhere, they from Caracas or whatever. And they're Central America, and they're at the Home Depot here, 87th Street. I remember, a lady got a Mexican lady got shot and killed a couple of weeks ago at the Home Depot near 87th and the Dan Ryan Expressway. Shot and killed. So you see them, you see them, and I see walking around, and you see them over there, and they say they're gonna build tents. This is like an existential threat for some black people. They 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 knew this day was coming sometime. They like we're gonna be replaced at some level, but now you know, and and this is coming. They see the end and they don't like it on a lot of different reasons, which is totally understandable. But we need to calm down and try to find win-win strategies. And it's hard because you say, yeah, win-win, that means somebody's going to get a little bit more than me. We can't have them get more than me. We can't have a win-win strategy when they get more than me and our community. <laughs> and I say we will we, Negroes will get more if we were unified. Because remember, most of the people you see down there complain about the migrants, these are not people that make six figures. You don't hear too many six-figure people down there. These are folks who are, you know, Social Security, whatever, fixed income, under $50,000, maybe under $30,000. They're the ones bitching them on and on TV news. They, I was listening to police scan the other day. It was 10 black folks out there complaining at the, at the 115th site, 10. And we have crime. People get killed in this town every day in the black community, and you worry about some damn migrants. Wow. Your priorities are out of whack. That's Mark Sims, ladies and gentlemen. And you can catch his podcast. He's got two podcasts. But only some people are allowed to listen to one. No, 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 no. The problem is that I travel, I can't, I have, I have to beg people to get on the show because my, one, one, I don't have a lot of listeners. That's the first thing. And then, of course, with black folks, we have the distrust. I tell people every time I do something, I will say, listen, Mark Sims, I'm 61 years old, living in Chicago all my life. It's a simple podcast. He's two questions. We're off the air. I don't trust you, Negro. I understand that. Because that's just how we are as a people. And then when I get some white folks on there, a white person or whatever, European-American, like Mr. Kugler, people, oh, well, you have Kugler on your show. 
Because <laughs> you because you won't come on the damn show. You Negroes won't come on the show. And I'm bitching and sounds not mean, but you color folks won't come on the show. I was trying to get a uh I did get uh, Alderman uh Moore. What's his name? David Moore on the show, which is pretty cool. He's not my alder person, but he came on the show and talked. We talked for 10 minutes, great show. But I'm having trouble getting my alder person, Ronnie Mosley, on the show because my approach is wrong. People know me, and that nigga ain't got five people listening. You wasting your time. I, I know how this works. I gotta now. I gotta go down to 108th and Halston, down the street from my house, or up down the street to uh, Ronnie Mosley's office and grovel to Ronnie. And he not to him. He's probably a really nice young man. But I gotta go grovel to get him on the show. You know, I mean, well, who are you? You ain't. You know, I know that's how we are. That's how all people are. But that's well, why I would I, you come to the black community, people. You see why it's so messed up because we crazy ass people. I, I would love for you to get Anthony Beal on the show. That would be interesting a show. Uh, I should try. I'm not a big fan of Anthony Beal, but maybe I should do it, right? And just because I mean, I'm not, he's not a big fan of him, but I have him on my show. He wanna do the oh, show. Oh, Anthony Beal. I'm you know uh, and uh I told he you was like, how are you gonna have some in the show? You're not a big fan. It's a damn show. Yeah, you know, come on. Man. Yeah, it's a no, damn I, show. That's true. Uh, but Anthony Beal, uh, the alderman of the Ninth Ward, which is Roseland, which is uh, where uh, Mark grew up. Which I always teach well, about. Well, I went to school out there. Come on. I'm, I'm more Washington. I grew up more Aaron Gresham, Washington Heights. But keep going. Okay. All right. Uh, you went to Fenger High School. Yeah, Fenger High uh, School. Which is in Roseland. And uh, he uh, has, I'm watching this with fascination, that he has pieced together. I got to give him credit on one level uh, with Raylo, Raymond Lopez, uh, the alderman of the 15th Ward. A coalition of of right wingers or conservatives in the city council, uh, and it's an integrated coalition. There's Anthony Beal, there's uh, Raymond Lopez, and then you got like uh, Marty Quinn, the Thirteenth Ward Alderman, Matt, Mike Madigan's former alderman. Yes, what happened, Mike Madigan? You drove him out of power, people, and now Marty Quinn is free to go join uh, the right wingers. Uh, uh, Alderman Tabaris is part of it another Hispanic. Uh, and there, there's the people who are united against to uh, bring on the ballot a referendum uh, to stripping Chicago of its sanctuary status. Now, we all know that their proposal will have nothing to do with uh, immigrants coming to Chicago, being sent here by Governor Abbott or, Governor Abbott or Catholic Charities. Uh, but it's like a symbolic statement that they're united in making that Chicago will remain off limits. We don't want you to think you could come to Chicago. We want you to think that Chicago is off limits. Go to Detroit. Go to St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. And they they think the wind's behind their back, Mark Sims. They think that they will win. And Brandon Johnson's worried that they'll win, which is why he tried to stifle uh, them from being uh, having a quorum at the meeting last week to get it on the ballot. And I don't know who will win that uh, that referendum, Mark. Uh, right now, it looks like the hate will win, and that stripping Chicago is sanctuary city status. Will win. Yeah, Even most people, have- I'm sorry, couldn't you? Most, I'm sorry, Ben. Sure, sure. Please go ahead. Me. That's please it. Forgive, most please forgive me. I forgive you. Let's like the tiff. Let's like the tiffs. Most Chicagoans, even me, could not tell you what sanctuary city what that actually means. They can't tell you. They think they know. But it's really about saying if if some people come here and they they are uh, have, you know they've been persecuted in their neighborhood, we're not going to tell the feds on them. 
Yes, that's exactly uh, that, what it means. That's what it means. You know what I'm saying? Most people they, know that. No, no, most people do not know that. They think it's that's a welcoming committee is going to come, let everybody come over here. It's more of a technical thing than a, uh, you know, come, please come to our city. You know, it's, you know, we said we're not going to tell the feds on you if you show up here, right? And remember, I, I, I was in Joliet and Joliet, they had a big brouhaha and they wanted to, some migrants to come in and folks got upset and they voted it down in Joliet. Because the restaurants and other employees like, we need help. We need employees. We need these dishes washed. <laughs> to sound, you know, stereotypical, but we do need these dishes washed. And we need these rooms clean. And we need some workers here. Because the Negroes ain't going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So we got to have some people to do this stuff. And so and so the, it's really complicated. And, I, and and it's hard to talk to. Like I said, it's just tough. We're going to work. But, but the opposition is really about Brandon Johnson. Remember, Brandon Johnson, oh, yeah, right. only one with like 20,000 votes. There's a lawyer opposition. Like I said off the after, after the like I said off the air, if the election was held today, I would say, what's his name? Conway of the 34th Ward? Yeah, Bill Conway. Bill Conway, he's probably the he's he maybe the chosen one. Because they the establishment wants the uh progressives out. Yeah. They really do. And they only lost by 20,000 votes. No, that's so true. And you're absolutely correct. I agree with you 100 yeah. percent this is a movement uh, against Brandon Johnson, and they're you know they'll use whatever they can, whatever and whatever uh, means necessary. They took Malcolm X's quote and turned it upside down. It has uh, nothing to do with Secretary City. Is just it's just a ploy. It's something. It's really not subterfuge. But I'll just say it. It's sort of like subterfuge. It's not about the same. It's about getting Brandon Johnson into progressive out. Period. Period. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's exactly what it is. You know, here's the thing. Uh, Mark, I got mixed feelings about Brandon Johnson. On one hand, I'm a, really a frustrated uh, that uh, he's not taking command of the city and he's taken so long uh, in putting people in charge. And I feel that has hurt us. And I, uh, I believe there's like a bottleneck in his administration uh, where there's just too few people controlling everything. And so as a result, it just delays uh, basics, just the basics, the elementary basics, like Putting a housing commissioner in. Here we have a housing crisis in Chicago. We need a housing commissioner. That said, I I feel like Brandon Johnson, um, the, the way he approaches being mayor, the way he respects people and allows them to speak and finish, it does not engage them uh, in in sort of like uh, antagonistic responses. He's not emanating a, a hateful vibe the way Rob did. You know, the way Lori Lightfoot did, the way Mayor Daly did. I, I respect that. I don't know if Chicago likes that. Do you follow me, Mark? Like, he's respectful. People in Chicago, they like, it seems like they like powerful, nasty, mean, arrogant people who don't let people finish their sentences. Brandon Johnson's respectful. He listens to people. Uh, I, I Sometimes I think that it's that part of Brandon Johnson that Chicagoans don't like. Your thoughts? I think Brandon Johnson, because I mean, the progressive movement, CTU, um, you know, what's it called? Families United, SEIU, that, that progressive wing got him in the got him in, in the fifth floor. It got him in the chair. I, right now, he's too beholden to the socialist movement. I'm not against the socialist movement. He's too into the socialist movement and saying, okay, I, we got this movement, but I'm still mayor. Y'all got me here. I know that. But I got to, he's delaying being mayor. He's got to say, hey, th we're going to stop this crime. 
we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to take we're going to finish this uh, this uh, crisis. We're going to get this. But I think he's got too much of the socialist in his ear and he has to deal with the socialists that got him in the office. And he's and he's and he's but he has to be mayor. So he's sort of delaying till he gets really under his feet. As I say, OK, you socialist, I got this because I know you got me here. But if you want to win a second term, I got to be mayor. I got right. I got I'm going to have to go against some of this stuff. I'm going to take the lead. I'm going to be strong because if you if I stick with totally this socialist movement, I'm going to be dragging my feet and Mr. Conway be mayor in uh, three and a half years. All right. So let me push back with you. This man, Brandon Johnson, you say is a socialist. This man, democratic Brandon socialist, Johnson, you know what I'm saying? Right. This mayor has been fair to the police than any mayor. And if there's a Chicago police officer, member of the Fraternal Order of Police out there listening, you have to be honest. Mayor Johnson gave you a big raise. Tacked onto the, the contract that Lori Lightfoot took four years or whatever uh, to pass. The story in today's newspaper, Mayor Brandon Johnson signed onto a bill to boost pensions for retired cops. Of course, the Sun-Times is pushing like it's going to cost us taxpayers money. <laughs> it's always cost the taxpayers money when you help some retiree. When you help some old guy, an old cop, gave service to the city, the Chicago Sun-Times will be the first to complain about it. But go throw some money at a developer to build some. Going back to the tips. Go throw some money at a developer to build some gentrifying community, gentrifying area. They have nothing to say about it. So he's helping retired cops. That's not socialism, Mark Sims. That's not appealing to his, his lefty base. That's helping people who didn't vote for him. In fact, in the article, which they love putting pictures of Johnny Catanzaro and J Mark, the Sun-Times loves putting pictures of Johnny Catanzaro. They got a picture of Johnny Catanzaro looking all distinguished. He's wearing like a three-piece suit, got a nice tie. Looking good, Johnny. That's the head of the Fraternal Order of Police. In that article, they praise him. Here's the article. Passage of the police pension bill marks yet another victory for Fraternal Order Police President John Catanzaro who spent four years at loggerheads with former Mayor Lori Lightfoot, but has forged a dramatically different path with Johnson. They don't give Brandon Johnson credit for that, Mark. They give Cat and Sarah credit. Right. This city is determined to undercut Brandon Johnson in every way. He's got to realize that. He's reaching out to the very people who opposed him the most, who said this. You remember Arnie Duncan, your friend Arnie Duncan, saying that if we don't vote for Paul Vallis, it's going to be like the police or it's going to be turmoil. Johnny Catanzara said mo thousands of cops will leave the city. Go to Florida. They all move to Florida. Florida. Yeah. He, what, within a year, he's done more for police than any mayor. Are the police saying thank you, Mayor Brandon Johnson? Is the Chicago Sun-Times saying thank you, uh, Mayor? They'll still vote against him three and a half years from now. That is correct. Well, I, but I think he did that because he was, you know, he was he was the uh, defund the police mayor, mayoral candidate. He was supposed to be defunding the police. And now, evidently, he's Funding the police. Funding right? the police. He's funding the police. So he, he's taking that argument off the table, which yeah, is fine. So the, so it's not, he's not doing anything for socialists. No, oh, I understand. He, but what, what, what he's got, for me, is that he's got to focus on something new to stop the crime. 
because you get like you said, Chalk B had a had a report. Uh, Chalk B had a report a month or two ago about forty five thousand. I think it's forty five thousand young people who ain't going to school, ain't in school, ain't going to work. That's out and about, right? And so I understand the social agenda, but how do you stop that? There's kids in school right now who are not doing well. They'll be on the streets clowning, okay, in the next few years. There's people right now who can't, you know, don't don't want to work. There's jobs out there, medium jobs, but they don't want them jobs, which is fine. And so they want to smash and grab. How do you really crack down on that? So you got to have a heavy hand on some of the crime. You have to. Otherwise, the Tribune and everybody else is going to hit them with it, no. hit them with it for the next three and a half years. Well, one thing you have to do is have a, a police force uh, that does not feel like they're victims. So right now, giving cops a raise and sweetening the pension benefits of retired cops is a way of saying we love you. I don't know if you could say we love yeah, you. Yeah, but they want they want to they want to bust heads, and of course, and then that goes back to Kim Fox trying to get uh, she's retiring. Who's going to replace Kim Fox? But 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 the main thing is that I think I'll give Brandon Johnson like another half a year or to a year when he really becomes really mayor, when he's really his comes into his own. Well, he's I, not I, there yet, but he's getting he's he'll get there maybe. Yeah. But I want him to get there. I really do. Well, I just feel like he's, if you, you, you got to give him credit for the things he's done. Right. And when the Sun-Times gives all the credit to Johnny Catanzara yeah, and yeah. ignores Brandon Johnson, then that I just think they're not playing fair. And uh, that's just I, – I do believe uh, there's a bias against Brandon Johnson. Absolutely. I absolutely well, sure, sure that. Sure it is. Sure it is. But the news media is basically part of the establishment. Come on. I mean, the new, I mean, don't get me started about the news media. And you, you're in the media. You understand. Most of the news media, my perception, are part of the establishment. It's really to keep the people dumb, keep them stupid. Don't let the people really think. They all the part. I mean, I love WBZ. That's my, you know, I listen to that. I mean, Reed is cool. But you know, I like. But they, but they're part of the establishment. They really are. They're not really trying to really enlighten people. That what media in this town really wants people to actually think beyond the headlines and like i said the whole key is really giving a historical context nobody does that they don't it, it's, i mean it's like it's like the old thing manufacturing consent i don't care how liberal the media is they're still part of manufacturing consent on some noam level chomsky. noam chomsky noam chomsky right. our hero noam chomsky mark and i are the only we, we still watch noam chomsky no but i'll put i'll put the most noam chomsky video on on the mark sims twitter you XP. will I'll do yeah. it later today. I mean, when yeah. this thing drops. Uh, and uh, may she rest in peace, Karen Lewis. Oh, she loved me. We be talking. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't let this Karen Lewis. Let me do Karen Lewis. So here's the thing: I post on social media. No one sees it, but I post it with a Karen Lewis. I think it was 2015. I posted all the time. Troy Lavier, Mick Dumpkin, and yourself at the hideout. And yeah. she's to paraphrase. She said, "The public schools is to make people compliant. They're not yeah. trying to interest in educating black children. It's to make and it's make all children compliant workers." Going back to Henry Ford and what he doesn't want a, a nation of thinkers, he wants a nation of workers. No, Karen was so far ahead of the game. She was and way we, ahead of the game. To the point about Chalkbeat and their article, which is an excellent article, everybody urge everybody to read it. Uh, and it wasn't even on my list of things to talk to you about. I'm glad you brought it up. But to the point, when Karen Lewis sat down with Mayor Rahm, he was Mayor Elect Rahm, and he told her, he said, You're gonna have to, I'm gonna cut your workforce, I'm gonna Make more charter schools, which uh, reduces the union num number of union teachers, uh, and uh, we're going to make you work longer for less. And you're going to tell your union, your little commie union members, to fall in line and take it. 
Uh, and she said, then you're just turning things into like daycare. It's like you're just holding kids to keep them off the street. And they, that's not teaching kids. And what did he say to her? He said 25% of them won't amount to anything anyway. And that is the attitude that the powers that be in this city have had for so long for uh, people, black kids. Let's just call it what it is. And so, yes, you're absolutely correct. For Brandon Johnson to try to change that and correct that, I mean, that's an enormous uh, task. And he stumbled out of the, the gates because he hasn't put all his people in there. Uh, but it is still, even if he had put his people in there, Mark, it is an enormous, difficult task. No, it's, but it's, it's, okay. go, ahead. go ahead. There you go. No, I'm sorry. Hey, but he, but, you know why it's hard? Because a lot of people, I'm, a, I'm an uneducated person, right? Former high school dropout, finger high school, 1980, okay? <laughs> so the point is that 43 years ago. And so a lot of people who are in the administration, these are college educated people. Some of them have advanced degrees. They don't send their kids to the neighborhood school. They don't live in the hood, most of them, I'm assuming. So they really, and like I was kid with you, I, I'm scared to walk in any neighborhood, but I wouldn't walk in my neighborhood. I'm scared, okay? Only because I know what happens when I see the police report or like a woman got shot down the street from my house. I saw the police guys. I was like, should I go down there? Hell no. People get shot walking down the damn street. And I know some of these people are targeted. I get it. And you saw not too far from my house, the, uh, of course, it was a white woman and a white uh, her white daughter in Beverly, not too far from my house, right over here. I can walk to it. Uh, Beverly, she was uh, beat up or carjacked. It made national news. National news, TV, internet, the white woman in Chicago, look at her get beat up, pistol whip, a carjack. I think one of the, uh, the getaway lady, the young lady was a woman who's a young lady who was driving a car or something. So that's the narrative of Chicago. But it can't stop. I think Brandon can do it. But he has to have people that really live in the neighborhood who really knows what's going on. And it's, it's going to be hard. But you got to give people who some people don't want to work. They come from destabilized homes. If you had a good mother, good father say, listen here, like old school, like I went back in the day when I went to school. I left saying this, saying this, you're going to work, you're going to college, you're going to the military, but you're not going to lay on the damn couch and do nothing. <laughs> Period. Which is, you, oh I mean, was it, was it like that? Yo, we, we only a few years apart. Wasn't it like that in your generation? Well, I, I uh, you know about my mom. I've told you this many times, literally dragged me. <laughs> I wouldn't be here without her. Uh, God bless her. So, uh, yeah. I your mother would not let Benny J sit on the fucking couch. I'm sorry, you're cursing. <laughs> sit no. on the couch and do nothing. <laughs> he was like, you know, oh, what, you, what, you, what are you doing? I'm just hanging with my boy. <laughs> your mother wouldn't, your, your mother can't, but beat your ass, man. You know that? What are you doing? Oh, uh, mama was hanging out with my friend. Hanging uh, out, doing what, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Can you imagine you dropped out of uh, 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 Everson Child in high school? No, no, come on. And your mother said, hey, I didn't drop out. I, I just gonna <laughs> hang out here. I, I can't find y'all, mama. It's hard out here. They don't hire black people. Oh, you okay. They don't hire Jewish people. It's hard out here. It's hard out here. You know what I'm saying? Your mama, your mama ain't gonna have that. No. And most oh, mothers, most mothers don't. Uh -huh. But there's a few that and the kids zip through the class. These are the kids who don't go to school every day. They they're chronic, uh chronic, whatever. They they got dyslexia, they don't wear glasses. He, we know, and I know the CTU said we got to have wraparound services for these young people. I, okay, I get it. Brand is mayor now. Brand is okay. Johnson now. Now get the wraparound services. Once you get to Venezuela's uh, house, okay, yeah. then we can help the black people. We got to get right. to Venezuela's house first, then we can help the black people. <laughs> so as we close this show, I just want to point out an irony about laying on the couch.
My day began with a phone call to Mark Sims. And guess what I was, ladies and gentlemen, laying on my couch in my pajamas. I just want Mark, hold on. I want to show you. Oh, 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 Blue jeans. Blue jeans. I'm not in pajamas, okay? Well, I don't, I, wanna, <laughs> listen, I don't want to stand. If I stand up, you're going to be shocked and all. No, just sit down. I don't want to see it. Okay? Let me sit back down because you'll be shocked right, and all. <laughs> shocked and all. It's so funny when you talk about get off the couch. Well, I ain't wearing no I'm pants, man. I got these for you. I'm not I don't want to hear about it. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. not wearing it. Oh, I got some shorts on, but they really kind of short. You want to see them? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. You got to laugh, uh, You got to laugh, Ben, to keep from crying. Come on. You got to laugh to keep from crying. And the next it, show, I'm going to get Mark Sims to stop hating on the Chicago Teachers Union. It's. Oh, I, I, I was just night. I, 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 told, I told myself, don't say nothing about the CTU, Mark. But I can't help it, Ben. I'm going to tell Stacey Davis Gates on you. But you know what? I, I have my problems with her, but I really should reach out to Stacey David Gates yes. and have her on yes. the show. Yeah. She lived now. She lived. She I'm not far from Chatham. We, we we're Nate, we're damn near neighbors. She's just on the other side of the Home Depot. I'm on you the west side of the Home Depot. You can meet at a coffee shop. Oh, uh, McDonald's right over there where they where people get shot over there by the by the Amico, you know, over, and at, at the shell across the street from the McDonald's. People get shot over there. All right, don't they, be there. They get shot all the time on AB Summer Street. Uh, Come on. <laughs> all right. So uh we're gonna head up, but uh I want you to promote. Your shows, tell folks the name of your shows and uh, all that good stuff. Take it away, young man. I uh, do me a big favor. Go to go to the famous X. I know people don't like X anymore. Twitter, the f- formerly known as Twitter. Go to Twitter. Mark M A R C S I M S Chicago. Uh, type it in. Uh, like me, and uh, I'll put all the stuff I talked about on there. To, to uh, and uh, Ben's the man, and hopefully I get Ben on the show soon. <laughs> My podcast. Ben, you the I, man. I, Let me uh, I send you 20 bucks, man. I'll put it in the mail. No, don't send me 20 bucks. Although in the old days when I had a studio, Mark would come to the studio bearing gifts. He would have was he was the good, only guest who would bring That was like, some good old days, man. Yeah, I bought like, you sangria one time. Remember, there's yeah. a picture. I should post that picture. I'll post it. There's a picture of me and you. I think the picture of sangria, I think it was from uh from uh whatever Costco. It's in the picture. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to see us on our back in the day, go to uh Google us. We're on YouTube. We did an interview in the park. Oh my god, I was That's young. That's when there. I had hair and it was black. It, uh, my hair, I had hair back yeah, then yeah. and it was black. I don't remember. I don't remember your no, hair. No, my hair, I no, my, I can't grow the hair anymore and it's gray. Half of it's okay. gray. It's really father time to get us all, Ben. Yeah, get us all. But you're still younger than I am. All right, that's the great Mark Sims. Thank you very much, Mark. I also want to thank producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. But as Mark Sims will tell you, hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows. Get Benny J bonus interviews and a whole lot more at chicagoreader.com. Follow Ben on Instagram at Benny J Show and like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better download speeds up to one gigabit per second cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply